Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Promising Young Woman? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. I wanted to tell you about something. Um, last night I was, I was on the phone with Emily and we were playing a game and I have to get it cause it's kind of a, it's like a, it's like a little complicated game. It's the idea of, um, you know, like fuck, Mary kill, you know, that game, but sure instead do. it's the first one is get them randomly assigned as your lab partner for a whole semester. The second one is get trapped with him on a broken elevator for 10 hours. And the third is they're your employee trainer for your new job at McDonald's. <laughs> the thing I like about this new version is it really rolls off the tongue. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think that's pretty fun. Those are fun, more fun options. Right? Yeah. So, so I gave her one. I gave her um, Jeffrey Dahmer. They all have something in common, by the way. Uh, the fictional character of Hannibal Lecter or Army Hammer. <laughs> you could probably tell the. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So, well, I would want, what'd she say? Or did you want me to tell you what I would do? You, yeah. Tell me what you would do. And then um, I'll tell you what she said. What was the first option again? Lab let me partner. Just set, okay. Let me just. No, lab partner, elevator for 10 hours, trainer at your job. Yeah. Okay. I would want Hannibal Lecter to be my trainer because I'd okay. want to be around other people. Okay. If, if he was around. Um, I would want to get stuck in an elevator for 10 hours with Army Hammer. And I'd want Jeffrey Dahmer to be my lab partner because once again, we'd be around other people. <laughs> okay. So hers and mine was the same. So hers was that she would want uh, Hannibal Lecter as her lab partner because he's really smart. She'd want um, Army Hammer to be the um, trainer at McDonald's and Jeffrey Dahmer to be stuck in an elevator for 10 hours. And we started, dis well, we started discussing it and we were like, we were like, well, the thing is like you wouldn't necessarily be safe with army hammer if he is what he what these allegations says that he is because he's been attacking women but jeffrey dahmer is gay and so a female is not his type so you would be <gasps> oh. somewhat more safe with jeffrey dahmer and yeah no that's a good killer. point i didn't know he was gay <laughs> well yeah. wait i did i did actually know he was because i heard that thing on the moth story hour that the guy talking about wishing that Jeffrey Dahmer would take him home and then yeah. finding out later. So I guess I did know it, but I didn't think about that. The thing I thought about was I could just feed Army Hammer's ego for 10 hours and be like, oh my gosh, I loved you in Snow White. And oh, you were so mirror, mirror. cute. And oh yeah, Mirror Mirror. You were so cute. And call me by your name, even though I never saw that movie. Wink, I would lie, you know? I'd be like, Wink. and call me by your name. I loved you and and in rebecca you were such an ass but you played it so well you know oh your muscle is huge i'd just be his ego you know see but i'd but be then again he's being he's abusing people who are in a relationship with him so maybe he would be like 
You're practically yeah, my girlfriend. I'm just saying he's he's like a six foot five guy, and you're stuck in an elevator with him for ten hours. So he's huge and he's strong. Yeah, but I think decorum would dictate that he wouldn't attack. Like he doesn't just attack random people. Yeah, that's true. But like, I don't know. <laughs> we have no history. Like if if me and Army are an item, if we're what's the uh, Armantha? That that would be our portmanteau then i might be afraid to get stuck in an elevator with him but if we're just strange like ship two ships passing in the night i don't think he would do anything yeah i don't know i think i'd feel safer being stuck in an elevator with jeffrey Dahmer. to be honest with you well the gay thing makes more sense like if if he had a, a type that he would kill and that in that type was not women Mm-hmm. then you're right but i was confusing jeffrey Dahmer. this is a mortal sin probably to you but i was confusing jeffrey Dahmer to ted bundy what? and that's why i didn't want to get stuck with him because i like the two names were slashing yeah. around the old noodle no uh yeah jeffrey Dahmer was he was gay i know that there's there is that there is a radio show on npr called the moth story hour which you know about but just for anybody mm-hmm. interested they have people give real accounts like real stories from moments in their lives and usually there's some sort of theme but there is one about a man who was it where did jeff it was jeffrey Dahmer in like milwaukee or something yeah milwaukee he was yeah. in milwaukee and he went to the same gay bar as jeffrey Dahmer, and he always tried to catch his eye but Jeffrey Dahmer would never take him home because he had a very specific type of man that he would take home. And then he found out much later that he was actually lucky that Jeffrey Dahmer didn't take him home because he was he was picking up people at the gay bar to murder. So it's a really interesting story. If you're interested in that sort of thing, I would recommend looking into it and listening you should, to it. You should look up the title of the episode. Just okay, want I will. Yeah, because I, re- I listened to it. I didn't read it. I listened to it and it was chilling it was like really really creepy and ugh, just made you feel ugh, very creepy okay so it's the moth radio hour and the story is called say la vie and it's told by terence flynn so okay. you just have to google that and you can listen to it on okay. the moth website um so I'd yeah. recommend it if you uh, find yourself interested in Jeffrey Dahmer. It's, it's, it's a really, or just serial killers in general. It's a very chilling story. It will, it will make you like, oh, it'll give you, it'll give you the, the, the heebs, the heeb jeebs. Yeah. Right? It's a very, um, it's, it's very intense. I think it's intense near the end because he does talk about some of the things that, that Jeffrey Dahmer did to his victims so it, yeah. it, you know it's not for like kids to hear well also <laughs> I mean, you don't want your kids to hear stories about people wanting to be taken home from a bar you know like <laughs> one night stands and all that but yeah I mean, you maybe shouldn't listen to stuff about serial killers around your kids anyway <laughs> just saying i always because- think of there's something that i always think of 
and it makes me chuckle is you were telling me a story like you had gone to a, like a family gathering over a weekend and you were telling me a story at work and you were like yeah so I was with my family and I'm like little cousins kids were there and we were talking about podcasts what yes, I know what you're talking about and, yeah. and you were like and I was telling them that my favorite podcast was my favorite murder and I forgot that my cousin's little kids were there and one of her little kids was like my favorite murder <laughs> and I just love the idea of like you being so desensitized to like a you know like adults listening to yeah. murder and then kids still being horrified by it it, it it's like a, a hor- it's endearing to know that kids are still horrified by things you know she's so cute with little ella she's like what what and i was like oh yeah that's right you're a child my bad she's i mean she's like 12 so it's not like the worst thing ever but you know we i mean i'm whatever anyway <laughs> it was it's just a cute story because you kind funny. of like if there's no kids in your life like there's little kids my brother has little kids but there's not like little kids regularly in my life so I kind of forget about things that might horrify children yeah yeah, yeah. me too me too so it's it's <sighs> interesting. anyway 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 so how have you been how's your Friday it was good. I ordered some t-shirts from the Gap because okay. we don't have a regular Gap in our town anymore. We have like the Gap outlet, which is, you know, like at the outlet mall, but there's not like a Gap store. Uh-huh. Listen, this is a really harrowing story. No, it's not. I just, I ordered some t-shirts <laughs> and I, I get everything, everything expense, not expensive, but everything that is a little bit more money than I'm willing to part with. I get delivered to my parents' house because I've had people steal things before right. from my door. And so I had to drive out to my parents' house after work and the t-shirts didn't work out because they were like this like clingy material. Do you know that sort of material when you try it on and it's like, where are all the areas in your body that you're uncomfortable with? Cause that's where <laughs> I'm sticking to. Like yeah, that's yeah. what the shirt was doing. And, and so I was kind of bummed about that. So now I have to mail them back, but, but my parents bought me dinner, so that was nice because my oh, mom, because nice. I didn't know if they would even be there, uh, and they were there, and so they said, "Do you want? Do you want to have dinner with us?" And I said, "Sure." So I did, and then I came home and I watched SmackDown, and Mike was on the SmackDown podcast post show for the PW Torch website last night, so I listened to that, and he did an excellent job. So if you're interested in pro wrestling, I recommend looking it up and listening to it because he, he did a really good job. It was a really fun discussion because it's almost WrestleMania. So there's a lot <laughs> to talk about. So how about nice. you? Um, well, <laughs> so last night I had an adventure in making almonds. And because um, I was going to make those. Oh, my God, Sam, the story is crazy. So. I started out making these almonds and I was looking online and you have to add egg whites because the egg whites like helps the cinnamon and sugar stick to the almonds. Well, I used too many egg whites and I was like having visions of like cooking this and having the egg whites like stick to the nuts like and cook like egg whites do. For a and second I, gonna... I thought you were like, like you had used too many egg whites and it was causing hallucinations. <laughs> the way you said it made me think like what? <laughs> no, I get no. what you mean now. Okay. Yeah. So I was like getting grossed out with the idea that it was going to cook like eggs in the oven so i washed the almonds and i dried them all out and everything 
So I'm like, okay, so I need, I was like getting nervous about using egg whites again. So I decided not to, decided to use something different. So I was like, I'm going to use agave syrup. And I'm, I poured it, so like I dried all the almonds and I put them back in to the, um, into the like, you know, bowl that I was using to mix them up. And I was like, I need like something that's going to have like stick, you know, to have the sugar and the, the cinnamon stick to the, the almonds. <laughs> so I used light agave syrup and I'm like smelling the jar and I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't smell right. This doesn't smell sweet like it does. And so I look at the expiration date and it fucking expired like two years ago because I've never, I like never used the agave <laughs> syrup. So I was like, are you kidding me? So I washed the almonds again. <laughs> the almonds had a spa day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so this time I decided I was going to use honey because I was like, that makes sense. Honey would stick to it and it would whatever. And honey never goes bad. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I put the honey and I mix it with the sugar and I mix it with the cinnamon and I bake it and it comes out basically looking like almond brittle. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds nice though. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> oh, cause it, yeah. Cause it's not like, it's just like honey with almonds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, this morning was lifting it off of the tray because I like let it dry overnight. So I was thinking maybe that would help it. And I was lifting it off the tray and the entire thing came off in one slab. <laughs> so I just threw them away. <laughs> you can make like a nice uh, stained glass window. Just prop it up. <laughs> they look like baked beans. Ooh. <laughs> it was a disaster. Oh man, uh, you should have so, just stuck with the egg whites. I know. I, I used too many and then I got scared and then I was just like, I don't even know. And I you're right, I should have. Why but, didn't you just but, like when you wash them off, just use less egg whites? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I guess hindsight is 2020. So, yeah, it yeah. sure is. And also every time I try and bake anything, it ends up well, I mean, for some reason that cake magically came out amazing that you know i made that one time for christmas but um i made the apple cinnamon cake or apple cinnamon bread and it turned out well um the bottom's a little burnt but you can't taste the burnt part so so that worked yeah. out at least but nice well that's in good the, yeah in the kitchen for like an hour and a half and i was <laughs> on the phone with emily the whole time and i was like i was like oh my god i'm so tired of these fucking almonds <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounds like I I appreciate your resolve to keep trying things though because yeah. I mean, I've done it before and it came out well, but I used egg whites. And I think the fact that they were wet probably didn't help. So, yeah, that's probably true cuz there's like yeah. an extra hill to climb with drying them out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Next time. Yeah. Do you know, did you know that almonds are not ecologic? What's the word? They're not like ecologically friendly or something because they yeah. use a ton of water and they grow in California where there's, it's like notoriously a drought area. Yeah. So I guess I didn't know this. I heard it on Threedom, a podcast I listen to frequently. And they mm -hmm. talked about how just very briefly that there are people who, who are, I guess, slightly motivated to rant against almonds i'm not sure just because of the water intake but i mean those are yeah. the, 
probably like i don't know i think it's it's interesting that uh a thing that comes from the earth could be uh, ecologically bad for well not really bad it's more bad for humans than anything just because humans need water but yeah i mean if you think about it there's like a certain kinds of i think it's like asian carp that are taking over yeah. that are an invasive species invasive. so that's a good yeah. point good yeah. point great point yeah mm-hmm. it's so. interesting yeah so do you want to do our mini topic sure yes i do okay you want to go first you want me to go first uh i think you should go first because <laughs> uh you can explain it better than i can i think okay so we decided to do something a little fun and do like a um what disney like like choose two or one or whatever disney princesses and what they would be doing after the movie right that's so yes Mm -hmm. i chose Belle from beauty and the beast and jasmine from aladdin oh nice so with Belle, i wrote that she starts a literacy campaign (gasps) i think a lot of people Yeah. yeah Um, she opens a college that allows women to study because women weren't allowed to study in college until like 1830s or something. And that movie took place in the 1700s. So she opens multiple public libraries, uh, starts a type of welfare system to help the less fortunate, builds an orphanage, and each month her and Prince Adam visit, opens a woman's shelter. <laughs> I didn't know his name was Adam. Yeah, it's Adam. And opens a, uh, she opens a community garden that shares its food and profits with the whole town. And she builds housing for all the servants that were affected by the curse. That's really, that's really nice. That sounds, I think that's all within the realm of what Belle would do as well. Cause she's like a go-getter. Exactly. Yeah. I was thinking about like issues that were presented without like throughout the film, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, okay, like I'm guessing a lot of people probably could not read or write, you know? Oh, for sure. Like yeah. yeah. Especially so, like, uh, peasant people. Oh yeah. Big time. That big she time. looked down her nose on the whole time she was walking <laughs> through the village, but <laughs> no, you know? I actually think Belle is, though Belle is not my favorite princess, I do think that she is one of the more uh, culturally forward thinking because she like read and she took care of herself and she saw the beauty underneath the beast. Yeah, big time. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Those are good. Do you have another, do you want to do yours in between mine? I have, yes. Mine is not quite as... uh, (laughs) socially responsible as yours but okay. <laughs> i picked ariel because she's my favorite disney princess okay and i think that her and eric have a child and everyone was horrified when the child is born with fins because i assume part of her dna is still mermaid uh-huh. so <laughs> well wait she does have a kid in the in the second one there's a second one yeah I never saw it, but I know that she has a kid. But I thought, okay, so now I, I, have think to take in, is- I have to take in movie canon with my story. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I was just saying. <laughs> and I think she does have fins, though, so I think you're right. Oh, well, anyway, mine was just going to be funny. 
Okay, go but ahead. It's done now. That's no, no, no. I want to hear it. Go. Come on, it'll be funny. No, I was just gonna say like, and now they have to decide if they want a freak child or if they're just gonna set it free in the ocean. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> But then my second question was going to be, because I didn't know there was a second one, but Mm -hmm. so that wasn't even in my head, but I was going to say when King Triton turned her into human at the end, did he fundamentally, fundamentally change her DNA or does she still have mermaid DNA? She just has legs, you know? So that's why I was thinking it would be humorous if they had a baby and they were like fretting the whole time. Like, is the baby going to be a fish? Or is the baby going to be human? And then the baby is born with fins, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. Anyway, I also think, like, she's still combing her hair with a fork, obviously. and uh, Uh, Dingle hopper, I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uncultured swine. Yes. Uh, Anyway, what's uh, your next one? Okay, so my next one is Jasmine from Aladdin. So she opens up an animal sanctuary for all animals, especially mistreated or injured ones. She sets a strict precedence in law against animal abuse. She um, sets a program to make sure that anyone who is struggling to get food or cannot feed themselves will always have a hot meal waiting for them. Every month she has an open house where people can come and discuss improvements that can be made in the city. She gets rid of the law where a princess has to marry a prince. Mm. She claims her rightful throne as Sultana. Because I do not like that Aladdin became Sultan because it doesn't make any sense. Stupid. <laughs> Why wouldn't she be Sultana? Anyway, um, she builds an, orphan- an orphanage for the less fortunate children. And then after she's done all that, she travels the world with Aladdin. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Thank you. I agree. Like, I think that... In a real society, yeah, maybe Aladdin would become Sultan, but in a Disney movie, why don't you just make her, like, you can do whatever you want. Just make her become the ruler, you know, Sultana. Yeah, I don't, like, not I do really that? like how they did that in the live action one where they were like, okay, you're queen now. And she's like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it makes sense because she's, first of all, she's the one that's been in you know the castle or the yeah, she's the being palace. groomed like she yeah. exactly like she knows whatever no anyway. i i know what you mean i know what you mean that's a good one that's it's been a really i mean i saw the live action aladdin with you obviously but it's been a really really long time since i've seen the cartoon probably i was probably if i the last time i saw the cartoon was probably around the time it was new you know wow so, so that was like yeah 94 or something um I watch it probably every two years. Or yeah, year. really? Yeah. I did have a Jasmine Barbie. Did you? Yeah. And uh, I had an Ariel Barbie as well. So that they're not really, I guess they're not Barbies technically because well, they're yeah. like, I, but they're I get what you mean, though. Barbie size and stuff, but they were, they were fun. They were fun dolls. Yeah. It's uh, I love that movie. I, uh, I love her. So, what did you think of the movie? I really, really, really liked it. Um, Yes. I was nervous uh, because, so when I saw the, when I saw the trailer the first time, I was, I was thinking like, what do I, 
is this movie a situation where she's entrapping these men and making it look like they're these bad guys? How do I feel about this? And also, is this a movie about castration? Because I'm not cool with either of those things. And But I, I do love Carrie Mulligan, so I was interested in the movie and I wanted to see it. And A she gives them plenty of opportunities to be decent and they don't take any of them. So she's not entrapping them. And B, it is not a movie about castration, which I'm very thankful for. Like I was even nervous the day, like I watched it Thursday and all day I was thinking, am I going to regret this? Like, what is this? What does she do to these men? I'm very nervous. And so I was very thankful that it was more creative than that. Because regardless of what type of person it is. I'm just not, I'm not okay with a gruesome movie about cutting off genitalia, you know? No, so, yeah, no, I, yeah, I understand. So, and I, re- I really liked it. I think there are plenty of things to talk about. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I really enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy a movie like this. I mean, it, it's intense, but I, yeah. I think it's really well done. What did you think? I, I, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I, I really liked a lot of it, but the movie, like when I finished the movie for like hours afterward, I just felt like weird. Like the whole, like I felt like just kind of like icky, you know, and like a little bit upset and it, it made, like it affected me more than I thought it was going to, um, so I would say yes, I guess, but also I, I don't, I don't know. I think I need to talk about it more to really see how I feel about it because I, there are definitely parts that I did like, um, but it, it was just, it was such a heavy film that I think I, I was like, I knew it was going to be obviously because it's about like, you know, um, rape um but it 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 was just so i i think i was just so like uh, oh uh, okay you know what i mean like i after i finished it i was like huh okay that's all right so yeah i i don't know i yeah i don't know i i think we should talk about it one thing i want to tell you though about that I think should have been in the movie. So I watched it with Mike and he paused it in the middle of the movie and he was he was like, I want to make a prediction. I think, or he's like, because, so I call him McLovin, but Christopher Mintz Plasse's character, mm-hmm. you kind of get to see a glimpse of like what she maybe does because she goes home with him and then she just sort of like scares him straight. She doesn't injure him in any way. Right. She just sort of like shows that she's not drunk. And basically brings to light the fact that he was going to assault her if he, oh, yeah, if yeah. she had been drunk and sort of scares him straight, I guess you'd say, but without violence. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. And then he paused it and he said, so she makes little hash marks in her book with different colored ink. Do the red, does the red ink mean people that she was violent towards? And I said, oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. That's a really smart observation. Like, I hope they tell us what the hash marks mean because maybe the red does mean like she is violent towards some of them, but not others. 
And they never explain those hash marks, but Mike found online something that said there's a deleted scene that shows the red hash marks are when she was in physical danger, like a potential date rapist, like oh. violent danger toward her. And that's what the red marks mean. And I wish that they would have shown that because I think that that was like a little bit of the story that was kind of important and was left right. out. You know, like some of the men maybe weren't like Chris Freeman's Plas A or Adam Brody's character where they obviously didn't injure her in any way because she used a black pen for both of those. Right. And and so I wish that they would have showed what the red marks mean because I think that's pretty powerful that even though she seems like she's in control, she's not always like sometimes she's in danger. Man, I didn't even um like correlate the colors of the hash marks. I know it was to, such a smart yeah. observation for him. Like yeah, I didn't that think about is. it either. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even have put two and two together. But that yeah, that's a really smart observation. Good for Mike. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um no, it's nice to have like, like a third party sometimes where they're like, hey, did you notice this? And you're like, shit, I didn't notice that. Like there's, this is kind of going off a little bit, but I was in a, um, a film class when I was in high school. And actually this film that my teacher, like, hey, Mr. Druin, if you're listening, uh, actually really kind of like started off my love of like criticizing films and stuff like that. So he actually made an enormous impact on my life and he doesn't even realize that but um there was this we were watching memento and at the end there's a scene where they're showing the like one guy in like a like a mental hospital or whatever and then it's flashed to show like leonard shelby you know guy pierce's character and i noticed it and he had not noticed it and i was like so i get do I get extra credit or what? And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> I <was> like, but <laughs> I noticed and you didn't. And it's like, it's one of those things where like if I had, and it's, it's all for a split second, it's very quick. Um, but it's obviously like meant, you know, it's meant to be there. And, uh, and I was like, so proud of myself because I was like, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you know, but he, uh, but that was, that's what I'm saying is that it's good sometimes to have like a third party. Cause then there's, someone else who's like hey I just noticed this and you didn't so yeah 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 and he brought up another observation that happened later in the movie that I didn't even think about that I think is really smart that we'll get to as well and, okay. and maybe you picked up on it it's just I didn't so when we get there I'll see but the hash marks I think is something that would have been helpful in the movie you know just to show yeah. further um so yeah I think it's pretty interesting like I like that it's a revenge story uh, it's very sad, but I like I something I really like about it is she brings people to awareness without harming them, yeah, physically. And I think that's really creative for a movie to be this intense because for most of the movie, I to use the phrase like to use a cliched phrase but it works i was like waiting for the other shoe to drop the whole time i could never relax like even in the like love montage when they were like singing and dancing to the paris hilton music and some of the scenes would like were kind of like making me smile but i knew that there was like i knew that it was not going to be a happy ending for them. And I knew, I didn't know that she, like what was going to happen to her, but I did know that there was going to like, 
something was going to happen. And I was on edge almost the whole time I was watching the movie because it's, she's such a calm character and that also makes it more tense, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, She's like calm. Like, okay. So I have to say first that I actually did think that they were going to end up together. I thought it was going to be happy ending for them. So I'm kind of surprised that you were like, no. Mm-mm. Um, so, but I, I understand like what you mean about waiting for the other shoe to drop because she's like so calm. It's like scary. You know what I mean? Like she's got this, like, like the scene where she's walking home and she's eating whatever that is. And it's like dripping down her arm and she doesn't care. She doesn't have her shoes on. She's like walking in the middle of the street. And then there's those construction workers that are cat calling her and she just stops and she just stands and she stares at them and they're getting more and more uncomfortable and they're like and then they start being like rude to her and I was just like oh my god like she turns like the way that she does that is she's just turning it back on them and just staring at them. And it's the simplest thing in the world, but it's making them so uncomfortable that they're like, they're like, okay, go away, you bitch, go away. Stop staring at us. Yeah. She's like, what are you going to do? Like, that's her look. It's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Like, and you have no power here. And it was, it was so, that scene was probably by far just one of my favorites just because it was so subtle and it was so good and it made them so uncomfortable and I was like yeah fuck you guys for cat calling a woman like I think that I think that that's a good tactic that I don't know if I'd ever think of like actually I don't think so either I've been cat called (laughs) I was cat called one time and I like strutted away because I was like oh my gosh I just got cat called but (laughs) I do understand that it's like inappropriate behavior, but it didn't make me feel bad when it happened. So, um, hey, sister ghost. Yes, yes. Like I was like strutting. Like somebody whistled at me. He drinks wine with diamonds in the glass. Got a case of expensive case. (laughs) And it hasn't had. It's only happened like once, I think. (laughs) But. I do know that it's bad behavior to a certain extent and I love the reaction of just staring and I think that this movie has a theme running through it that you can't do anything to somebody that will make them feel worse than how they make themselves feel like right when she faced them and confronted them with what they were actually doing like she didn't have to do anything they knew that what they were doing was inappropriate and then mm-hmm. that sort of and like with the the friend that she like tricked at the hotel bar and then uh the dean of the college and the lawyer like all three of them she basically just like put up a mirror and showed them that like i can't do anything to you your regret is going to make you feel worse than anything i've ever done you know and i really think that that's really smart like very smart writing and i and i think in a world where it's really easy to just make something like a cheap thrill. I think this movie takes this like very smart, high level approach to revenge. Yeah. In a way that I don't know if I've seen very often in a movie and I really like it. And I, and I, that scene with the construction workers 
howling at her is a perfect example of how you know yeah and you don't know at that point what she did to adam brody like he took her home and then she's walking and i think you're like and that's what got mike and i started on it because you you can't tell if what's on her arm and her leg is blood or if it's like is she eating a hot dog and it's ketchup is she eating a donut and it's jelly you don't know because it looks kind of it's very ambiguous and so you don't know what she's done to him because she's leaving his house the next morning right and and then she just looks at the oh it's it's really good it's a really really, good scene yeah, yeah it's really good it's uh it's definitely very intense and so i i spent the entire movie or majority of the entire movie until like the very end going what happened to nina like i was like and i'm kind of assuming and they don't really ever spell it out i'm kind of assuming that she maybe committed suicide that's what i was assuming as yeah because Mm -hmm. um i thought it was kind of strange though because she went to visit the mom of Nina, Molly Shannon's character. And Molly Shannon said, um, you need to let this go for me, for Nina. And so I was like, so is Nina alive? But then I was like, but, and I could maybe understand why Nina, like, after this horrifically awful thing happened to her, which was so disturbing, um, maybe had like closed herself off from her friends because of I'm, you know, like PTSD, depression, whatever other kind of, you know, effects would happen from this event. But um, yeah, I kind of, did you get that maybe she was, she had committed suicide or? I thought there was a line in the movie where Cassie said, Cassie played by Carrie Mulligan, the main character said, she's dead. Yeah. Um, oh, she did. I'm pretty sure there was because I remember thinking like, okay, she is dead. Yeah. Um, and okay. so that's, I assume she's killed herself. And I thought actually the scene with Molly Shannon surprised me because she was so cold toward Cassie. But I think maybe she knew that Cassie had put, well, Cassie put well, her whole life seen- on hold. I didn't think she seemed like she was cold. Well, she like got up and said, let go of this for our sake and then just walked in the house. Yeah. And left her there on the porch. That's maybe not cold might not be the right word for it, but just like it wasn't an emotional conversation for her on her end. And maybe, maybe it was painful for her to see that Nina had died. And now like her dad said later in the movie, like it's almost like Cassie had died too, because her whole life is put on hold like her dreams are put on hold she's working at a dead-end job in a coffee place and she's just like hell-bent on like she just can't escape the guilt at not being there for her friend and the the anger at what happened and so maybe that's what she meant but I was like wow this is a weirdly unemotional but I kind of like that too because it's so easy to get into like these like flowery monologues you know, in a scene right. like that. So I liked that they took it in the other direction, but it surprised me. Yeah. Um, I th- so I think she killed herself. Yeah, I think, I think you're so right. too. I think as far as her, Nina's mom's reaction goes, it sounds like maybe she had just dealt with this for so long and she was just tired of talking about it. And like, I mean, there's so much pain associated with the fact that, um, you know what happened to her daughter like I almost don't even want to say what happened to her because it like it's just so scary and awful that it's like I mean 
it makes you feel sick to your stomach, you know? And that's kind of how I felt like after the movie was, I just felt like, I just felt sick, you know, like not yeah. I wasn't physically ill, but no, I, I know what like, you mean, but like emotionally, like mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Um, I think it the, was a heavy movie. I think no, I agree with you that there's sort of like, like the intensity is not like the intensity of a movie that's so bombastic that you're just like, wow, that was intense. The intensity of this movie is that I could, I see how stuff like this happens. Like, it's not, like, you want this movie to be far-fetched, but the fact that it's not makes it so much heavier. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's not far-fetched at all. That's, mm-hmm. like, what, I think that's what, yeah, well, like, what you said, you hit the nail on the head. That's what makes it so upsetting is that it's, like, oh, yeah, this stuff happens literally every day to women all over and men too i mean men are not you know they like this happens to men it's like it's you know it's it's very scary it's a very scary thing yeah so just for people who haven't seen the movie i'm just gonna quickly say her friend nina was raped at a party in college they were all in med they were in med school together and she was she was pretty drunk mostly drunk like very very drunk she couldn't really make decisions on her own and she was raped by another member of their class in a party setting where people were watching it and it was not just like a one-time thing it was it wasn't like a bunch of different guys it was the same guy but it was more than once and and that's so that's the event that happened and then nina and cassie cassie the main character dropped out of school because nina was obviously having lots of problems and Cassie dropped out to take care of her. And then you presume that Ka- Nina had, has killed herself. And so this is why Cassie has been on this like revenge cycle to just random men up until uh, the time that the movie takes place when she hears the name of the rapist again, it sort of like lights a fire in her. Al Monroe. Yeah. And um, so that's the story uh, basically. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's sometimes, I think a while ago we were, ta- I don't even remember what movie it was, but there was a movie that we were talking about. And I said, the emotions of the character, the thing that had happened to the character wasn't powerful enough for me to believe the emotions that the character was going through. And I don't remember what movie it was, but I remember thinking that, and I've thought that about a lot of movies where I'm like, I just don't see how this thing happening would lead to all the events because this doesn't seem powerful enough, but I did not feel that way about this movie. I, I totally believed that if something like that happened to your friend and it was blown off, that's another thing. It was blown off. She didn't get justice because, Oh, he's a good kid. Or, you know, like uh, if you get drunk, you should expect that to happen to you, you know, things like that. And um, so that I can totally see why that would send you into a tailspin. If you, friend if her friend was not getting justice and you watch your friend wither away like i believe that cassie's emotions are totally believable to me that she had seen something horrific happen well she she wasn't there when it happened to her friend and that's part of the guilt she talked about with molly shannon briefly but she had seen the after effects of what happened to her friend and and so it's like i totally believe that 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 would that would hinder something and you like you're how could life go on you know you'd you'd go through this like grieving and mourning and shutting down process for your friend and for the fact that this isn't just your friend it could happens to all kinds of people you know 
Well, and they were, Cassie and Nina were so close. They were like sisters. They grew up together and everything. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I like even, even thinking about like something like this happening to one of my friends is like making me feel choked up and just, you know, like even th- like, whew, I can't even go there. <laughs> um, it, it's like too much. Um, it was such an intense film. And I think, and I like that they call it promising young woman because I think it's kind of a play on how like, um, you know, like Brock Turner, that guy that raped that woman and he, do do you know that story? Uh, Not by that name. I don't know. I don't know the name Brock Turner. I think I've talked to you about him before, but he had raped a woman and these two guys found him like assaulting her and stopped him from doing it. And they got her help. And basically he went to court and the judge was like, well, we don't want to ruin his life. And it was like, who gives a shit about what he like? Okay, you're right. Yeah. Don't ruin his life because he's a promising young man, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think that's an interesting, because I, because it happens. I mean, that's a real, that's a real true example of this, the shit that happens in real life where there are, you know, um, men who attack these women and the men are just like, well, you know, we don't want to ruin his life. And it's like, okay, so yeah, no, I mean, God forbid that the woman who got assaulted and is going to be dealing with this horrific, you know, aftermath for the rest of her fucking life. Um, how dare she get justice for this, you know, but God forbid that he ruins his career. Like it's just, I mean, that's kind of the same idea with Al Monroe is that it's like, well, there wasn't enough evidence and he was such a good student. And it's like, who gives a fuck if he was a student, like a good student? He took advantage of a woman who could not consent, raped her multiple times in front of a group of guys who just thought it was hilarious that this was happening. And it's like, this is the most disturbing story. I mean, it's so awful. And and I, okay, so I have to say, I want to say, I want to talk about Al Monroe just for a second, because the actor, Chris Lowell, I did not think he was a good fit for Al Monroe, because every movie I've ever seen Chris Lowell in, he's very, like, neutered, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, he's kind of like, he's always kind of like a wimpy, annoying guy who just doesn't, like who just he like every time I I see him I think of like like if you were gonna have a movie that took place in like an office and there was like a woman who was like I'm trying to get out there and get noticed and get my work you know noticed or whatever he's the one guy that's like um well you know um I just think that my my father wouldn't like that or something like that like just very like like a like a wimpy little like pussy that. <laughs> to me is the perfect character to be a rapist because i would consider like a rapist a wimpy like just like cowardly type person so i think that's interesting that you thought i I just think it's interesting because like i know what you're talking about but to me like that almost seems like the perfect candidate for somebody who would rape because he just wants wants things to be easy for him and he wants what he wants you know 
Yeah, I yeah, that's interesting. I I, guess um, I, I, I assumed that he was gonna look more jockey, more douchey, and I I just was very surprised that they chose him as that act yeah. that character. <laughs> I was like I was like, uh that's not who I would have chosen, but okay, whatever, you know? So yeah. Yeah, I um like a Josh Hamilton type I feel would work better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I he's too I, old now, but you, you think, know. I want to talk about the meeting at the bar with the hotel bar with Madison, played by Allison okay. Brie. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because Allison, because they're just like talking with like like fake, so fake, you know. Yeah, and yeah. um, they're they were old schoolmates, and Cassie says finally after she's made sure that Al like Madison has gotten very drunk. Yeah. Uh, I really liked that the the waiter came and brought champagne and a ginger ale, and Cassie put ginger ale in her champagne flute and champagne in in Madison's, just right. like starting off with a bang. And then Cassie finds like, I want to talk to you about why I left school, and Madison gets very uncomfortable. And I thought her performance was superb. I think Carrie Mulligan's performance was top notch for me. Like, I am a big fan of her. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with her in it where i didn't like her performance she's mm -hmm. amazing even the movie an education which made me so uncomfortable i thought her performance was awesome yeah that movie she's sounded a, creepy as shit yeah i would not recommend that movie to anyone like talk about having a pit in your stomach after watching it <laughs> but she's a phenomenal actress and i think allison brie matched that very well in this scene like she did a phenomenal job as well and Madison Wait, can, was I, like, can I say one little thing about Alison Brie? Um, I totally agree with you. And I keep forgetting that she's like really capable of serious acting because I'm the really the only show I've seen her in other than Mad Men. And I don't remember her in Mad Men because I didn't watch it for that long. I don't even think I got into the second season um, is Community where it's kind of a goofy show. And so every time I see her as a serious character, I'm like, oh, right she can act and it's like yeah. and it's like i almost like forget that that's the same person because she's very talented at what she does yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah no i agree with you she's very good and she can fit like a lot of different spaces too like she can be like kind of like the rich bitchy like oh i just had twins and like everything's great in life and like you know what i mean yeah like the instagram star yeah yeah and but she can also be you know um a little scary too you know she's good she's very good she's mm -hmm. very good yeah. yeah yeah and she gets a little hysterical uh at the second when they meet the second time and i think that that's played really well as well oh, yeah. but yeah i do too in the hotel bar when they meet up like madison starts getting very uncomfortable and then madison says some things that i thought were really interesting and she was like well you can't just like hook up with all kinds of guys and get drunk all the time and then not expect something to happen. And how are we supposed to know? It was like crying wolf. And I thought that's something that I'm sure people say all the time when a woman oh, yeah. claims that she's been assaulted. They're like, well, look at the way she dresses or look at the way she acts around guys, you know, in the, the Netflix show, um, unbelievable. That was based on a real story. They did the same thing. Like she was just super showy around guys. And I didn't think it actually happened. Like not believing women because 
of X, Y, Z. And I like that Madison used that because it's, it's sort of how you compartmentalize ignoring someone's cry for help almost, you know? Right. And, and I, I don't know. I just, I thought that was really interesting and really sad, but I also just really liked how uncomfortable Madison became. And that's why I thought the performance was so great. Cause she stops and she's like, I feel really strange. And she like tries to situate herself and she's trying to like gather herself, but she's too drunk to gather herself. And it's right. very powerful and very subtle. And I can't, the performances in this movie just really excite me because yeah they were very good very good like the emotions and the subtlety that's happening in each scene is just really good and and then cassie leaves and walks over to the bar and gives the hotel door like madison's hotel key to a man and she's like here you go your money's in an envelope and the man's like are you sure you want to go through with this and i was like what is gonna happen? Like, yeah, what is me she too. paying this man to do to Madison? And I like that the implication is she just paid a guy to take Madison to the hotel room, not to do anything. Like, nothing happened right. between them. But she's basically proving a point to Madison. Like, you think something might have happened, but nobody, you, you, you don't know, and nobody, you don't want to tell anybody because you're ashamed of it, and you feel like nobody will believe you or people will say, oh, well, she was too drunk. You know, you shouldn't have gotten drunk. And I liked that she's like giving her a taste of her own medicine. Yeah, me too. But Mike did point out like, you don't actually know what happened. You just take Cassie at her word later when she says to Madison, he just put you to bed and made sure you were okay. Nothing happened. But you don't actually know, you know. No, you don't. Well, and she doesn't even really know. Yeah. Because, I mean, but I... I kind of assumed that when she gave um, the guy the money that it was without the intention of harming Madison. Yeah, me too. Because I just can't see Cassie putting Madison in like a terrible situation that her friend experienced too. Because first of all, that's really horrifying. You know, paying someone to rape a woman is really horrifying. Um, Especially if that's, like, your MO to, like, keep men from raping women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, that's, like, I'm kind of, like, wait, what? what's your game here? Kid? Yeah. Like, what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have to mention, too, that I think that what Madison was saying with the whole, like, well, you know, she was crying wolf, whatever, it, it, it runs parallel against uh, the scene where they're in Alfred Molina's house, the lawyer, and which I had no idea that he was even, even in Me this neither. Movie. Yeah, I was like, and I was like, oh my god, it's Alfred Molina! I love that guy. Um, and he's talking about how they had a guy who would look through the social media of these women and just take anything that they could use against this woman to make it look like her, you know, her story isn't as true or whatever. So yeah, he said like one photo of her passed out from being drunk will just be like fodder in a courtroom for all kinds of slander. And I thought that that was probably very true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I have no, there's no doubt in my mind that the majority of the stuff that happens in this film is, is like anything but accurate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, yeah. I've lived enough in this world and I've known enough people and I've heard enough stories for me not to even question that there are shitty, horrible people like that out there, you know? So, yeah. which is like so sad, but also it's better than thinking everyone's good. You know, I mean, 
Yeah. So I had a comment on that because it's something in the movie that did sort of rub me the wrong way. And I thought it got like, like most of the movie was perfect, perfectly toned for me where it wasn't too crazy, but it also, it was just like just the right amount of like, like, oh wow, intensity and believability. But something that I did think crossed the threshold into too heavy handed was that all of the men her age were scumbags and I didn't care for that yeah. because that's that's inaccurate. Like not every man would take advantage of a drunk woman at a bar. And I wish that, number one, I thought it might have been, uh, well, I've gone back and forth on this. So right after I watched it, I said, to, I was talking to Mike and I said, it would have been relieving to see her get taken care of by a guy like just show me one scene of like a guy actually taking her home like you're drunk I'm gonna make sure you're safe or a scene where maybe he didn't know where she lives so he took her back to his apartment and you think something's gonna happen but then he lets her sleep in the bed and he sleeps on the couch you know just like right give me one very relieving scene of a decent human being and then two um that maybe would have made the the low blow of her boyfriend of Ryan her boyfriend played by Bo Burnham him being privy to the rape and not doing anything about it it would have made that hard-hitting blow seem a little less intense maybe it would have still been very intense but it would have maybe been easier to bear because you know that they did show a different guy her age that was not a monster yeah and i know that and then mike pointed out wisely that like well her dad is obviously a decent guy and then the lawyer has a redemptive moment because he's like genuinely like he's genuinely sorry for what he's done. Oh, yeah. Like and you can see just to you can see like in his place, like all his plants are dead. Like they're not, mm -hmm. you know, he's clearly like the like his place is like reflective of his mental state, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like he's very extremely regretful and she yeah. believes it because she presumably had a guy going to come rough him up or something. Who knows what the guy she was paying like when she left Alfred Molina, Molina's house, there was a man who was like, should I go in now? And she's like, no. But, and he's like, will I still get paid? And she said, yes. So she's paying him to do something. You don't know what. I assume beat him up. Probably yeah. not murder. But she does take pity on him. She believes his apology enough mm -hmm. to not harm him. But to go back to my statement, nobody her age was decent. And that really bothered me because obviously there are decent men in the world right. and that being said i know that the the viewers are supposed to be extremely shocked and saddened that ryan ends up being unsavory in some ways and i i wish that he wasn't but i Me love <laughs> i love the scene as soon as this is what happened as soon as madison said there's a video and she gave her, she's like, I saved my old phones for photos. And I remember that there was a video of the party that went around. And she, as soon as she laid the phone down on the table, I said in my head, Ryan's going to be on the video. Oh, really? So I, was it. It. I was certain of it. I was 100% certain. Really? Like no, not at all. And I, I thought he was a good guy. And the scene tricked me even because she started watching it and then she looked away because she couldn't stomach it. And I thought, maybe I'm wrong. And just like in a scene of cinematic mastery, you, 
she hears his voice and there's like a like the score changes the score has like a crescendo and yes. she hears his voice I thought the score was awesome the by the way <laughs> it's that scene is masterful to me like that is is heartbreaking as that scene is it might be my favorite moment in the movie because it's I'm raving about it as if I'm like on the DVD commentary and I have to feed the director's ego, but I just really love it. And, <laughs> and it's heartbreaking and intense and emotional, but really, really hard hitting. She hears his yeah. voice and then she looks back at the camera or back at the phone. And, you know, he, you know that he, not only was he at the party, he saw the rape happening and he never spoke up and now she's well and he was like laughing about it he's yeah, like oh that's hilarious yeah. like yeah he did nothing he was just entertained by it like everyone else and and so that was upsetting because for multiple levels but i wanted him to be decent for the sake of having someone be decent and also obviously like, i'm sure her mental health was like any fragility in her mental health was like crushed after oh, she, yeah. you know that happened but so I, I just would have liked to to either have him end up be decent. And Mike mentioned that he thought, because during their whole love montage, as I said, I knew that something was going to happen. I did not know that he was going to be like, I didn't know that was going to happen until a video surfaced. Then I knew. Right. But I, Mike said he maybe thought that uh, Ryan was going to do something like look at another girl and that would like send her back into a tailspin on a, on a revenge circuit. And I said, yeah. yeah, I had a feeling that something was going to happen with Ryan. I didn't want it to, so I didn't want to believe it. Yeah. But the entire time I was like, it's too perfect. Happen with this guy. <laughs> yeah. And What's so, um, like, oh, by the way, I wanted to say, I, I looked it up because I was curious. There is a part where he's talking about how, um, He's worried that if he like kisses a girl that they're going to be like, why are you kissing that child? And so I was like, I'm like, he can't be that tall. And I looked it up and he's six foot five. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Jeez. She's five foot seven. So she's like she's my height. Super yeah, short. She's yeah. Not she's not super short. But she's not like super tall either. Right. Um, but I was just like, wow. Cause have you, have you ever seen Bo Burnham stand up? No. Mm -mm. He does this one song that I was thinking about the entire movie where it's like making fun of um, it, it's there. There's like some other comedians that do it, that you've shown me their video. And of course I can't remember who they are, but it's a song where it's like every written like love pop song and how oh, like the three are. chord, the three chord song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's, it's, I'll have to send it to you cause it's funny and I can't do it justice, but um it's really clever, but his standup is like very like a mixture of like funny and also like kind of upsetting. It's not like the same level as like Mike Birbiglia, who I cannot understand for the life of me why he has a career as a standup comedian when the last two things I've seen of his has been so fucking depressing that I've been like, I can't even like he's not funny. What I was saying is Bo Burnham is, um, he's funny, but he does have a little bit, like, you can tell that there's some pain in his life, you know, and his, his okay. stand-up, yeah. Yeah, like, I, well, I think of that a lot, um, like, that phrase, like, the tears of a clown, like, generally speaking, I feel like people who are very, people who make their life, make a living doing comedy, I think probably have 
some sadness, you know, and, um, so yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all, but I haven't seen his stand up. but, um, so I also wanted to talk about the fact that he caught her going home with a guy. Yeah. And I know that she couldn't explain to him what she was doing, but I was hoping she'd offer more of an explanation because in that situation, why would he ever want to take her back? Because he doesn't know that they're not having sex. For all he knows is the whole time she was kind of dating him and telling him they had to take it slow, she was going home with random people. And that is, I mean, people can live however they want, but I like, would he want to sleep with somebody who is sleeping with other people while they're kind of dating and also that's like a health issue for him in that regard because you don't know how careful they're being you know you know so I thought that that was a little bit weird except they did establish that he's kind of a nerd like you know when they kissed or something he'd be like yes you know like very nerdy I and, liked him, and I was so disappointed yeah, that he ended up who he was. I know. Like I was, well, I was. He's very endearing, and so I was disappointed as well. But there are many layers in this movie that, in Mike, also. I just want to give Mike some credit because he mentioned this as well that the movie is like multiple layers, and the fact that, like, yes, he's guilty, but his guilt is intense like their relationship is never gonna work after she knows what he did oh definitely not definitely everybody has things in their past that they like like to bury Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that party watching what he watched is something that he just wants to bury and he's not the rapist but he still has guilt and not guilt like he's still guilty like it's not just the guilt that he feels like he's still at the time had an obligation to come forward and say yeah. what happened and he didn't well, or stop it from happening or, oh for yeah, sure i mean yeah so there are multiple layers like he's not the rapist but he still is culpable for something you know he's, com- he's complicit in the crime yes and yeah. and so it's interesting because there's multiple levels to his character like she could never forgive that like that makes sense their relationship would be over oh, yeah oh no, um, hell no yeah, I, but I also I think just, if I were her, honestly, I would still send that out to everyone. I'd be like, really? Well, you, you like my 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 friend's sister died, killed herself from this overwhelming awfulness. So let's just see how your life turns out. You know what I mean? Like, I I think I'd be a vengeful bitch. I think I would be like well, really pissed off. And I do think you know, like to get justice for your friend you would have to release a video because yeah al monroe is everyone thinks he's like this great like paragon of society and yeah here's your friend whose life was literally ruined by him i mean if nothing else the video has to be released to show that he is guilty and well um, i think that's why she sent it to the um she sent it to the lawyer because then that's I mean, that's such good evidence. Like, that's that's going to be better than anything else. And so he could go to prison for, well, maybe we'll get into it, but he could also go to prison for the rape of Nina. Um, t- what was it? Nina Taylor? Whatever. Nina. Um, and, you know, potentially, like, there could be other other things that he could get 
you know, in trouble for as well. So I, I think it's like, yeah, I agree with you. I think that the, the video has to be released because there's like, first of all, there's a bunch of people complicit in this crime anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and well, yeah, anyone who saw the video is complicit and it is kind of convenient in movie land that like this, if this movie went around as much as Madison implied that it went around, eventually it would get into the hands of somebody who would take it to the authorities like not everyone would hide it yeah so i think it's it works within the story fine for me because it's a revelation that ryan was there and it's you know obviously like at the end you know al's gonna get his comeuppance but in like if you think about it too hard it's like how would this video get covered up all those years ago you know yeah yeah. If it did go around, Madison said it went around like gossip, which right. gossip is like a wildfire, you know? Well, it makes me wonder why the dean never saw it then either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, the dean probably isn't in like text chains and everything unless yeah, but somebody like showed it to her. That's what I'm But thinking, yeah, no. Like, yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. It seemed, and that whole scene, like, so I want to, let's talk about that scene. Let's talk about well, the Well, there was scene. something else oh, I was going to say. You want to talk about something else first? Just really quick. And I, let me think of it for really quick for a second. Oh, one more thing about the video is, would it have redeemed Ryan for you if when she showed him the video, he had broken down and said, I never wanted you to know that I was there. I re- it's a regret of my life. Like, I think that the relationship still would have been over but it maybe would have made me feel better about him because on the flip side, all he did was be like, are you going to send it around? Don't send it around. He never like, he didn't like break down and say, this is something that I've been living with forever and I want to make it right. Yeah. There was no atonement for him. Yeah. So would you, I think I would have liked Ryan a little bit more at the end if he had been like the lawyer. You know, yeah, I don't think um, they would have been together, but I would have felt better about his character slightly. Yeah, I think I would have, if he had been like, if he had been genuine in his reaction the way the lawyer had, and he had been like, you're right, I was there, and I think about it all the time because it's something that I can't take back, and I should have, like, stopped it, and I didn't, and I you know, like, I, I mean, it, it eats me up inside or something, but you're right. Instead, he was just like, oh, no, no, don't do that. My career, my family, my friends, yeah. what? It'll, be, it'll all go away. And it's like, well, I don't really feel sorry for you because there was a woman being raped in front of you and you literally just stood there and laughed. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, do I feel sorry that your life's going to be destroyed? No, because Nina killed herself because of this. So, you right. know, like at the end of the day like um you kind of got what was coming to you yeah 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 so that was like that was just the last thing i wanted to talk about at that because he i think if he had seemed more remorseful maybe it would have helped his character it wouldn't helped like she shouldn't have been with him after that like how could you be with somebody after that but it at least would have made him seem less like a like a shocking like oh my gosh he's yeah yeah anyway so yes let's talk about the scene with the dean so the dean so she so cassie finds the daughter of the dean and tells her that she's going to like this (laughs) shoot for this band called wet dreams which i was like ew yeah Um, what a gross band (laughs) name i was like ew what like 
why that name like out of all the names in the world I'm like and they're like just call it midnight emissions why don't you like you know what I mean like, I think it's I think it's supposed to be on the nose to just show like yeah yeah the no, disparity of yeah <laughs> yeah and uh and you know so she she lies to this girl and tells her and, and brings her to this this uh what was it this diner but it's mysterious because yeah. you don't know what she did with the daughter right at right. that yeah so, yeah and then she goes and she talks to the dean and um and tells her like oh yeah your daughter's stuck in this room with all these boys but before that she's like okay so i want to go back to med- medical school and then she starts talking to her and she's like do you remember nina and do you remember this al monroe guy and and the dean's like oh no no i don't, I don't remember them and and she starts she's like, like al monroe just gave a talk at the at the school okay, last yeah, week right. he's a yeah, great guy right. he's a great doctor but she didn't remember nina at all yeah like yeah. supposedly didn't remember nina and then you know cassie's telling her all these things and and she's just like i mean her like the thing is that we're looking at this perspective of there's like a bunch of really bad dudes out there, but there's also a bunch of really bad and shitty women out there because again, like Madison, like the Dean, they're complicit in this girl's rape and eventual suicide and they did nothing about it instead of like, and, and that's like, and that is, I think like 10 times more upsetting is that it's like you want, I mean, obviously anything like this whole movie is upsetting but it's 10 times more upsetting when you have two women who um like know the the kind of world that this you know that we live in we they know that there are um men out there who rape women and assault women and yet they're both like well i didn't believe her because she maybe was lying and it's like well, I also think that there is a group of people, a large group of people who think that somebody, when somebody gets raped, it's their own fault. And I'm yeah. not, why would you ask me to feel sympathy for them? Because it's their fault, you right. know? Right. And I think that, that her, the Dean falls into that category of like, yeah. well, you know, don't do it. Don't play with fire. But it's not the same as playing with fire, you know, like going to a party and drinking and getting raped is not playing with no, fire. No. Like, cause you're expecting people to be just decent on a basic level. Like not even well, like nice people. Everyone is decent. drinking at a party. Yeah. Like, literally like, everyone. <laughs> like rape is a choice, you yeah. know? And that's why yeah. I didn't feel bad for the guys at the beginning because she gave them multiple outs where she'd be oh, like, yeah. I have to go home or what are you doing? And they just did. They just went, went ahead and and yeah. so yeah so i think that the dean behaved the way i feel like a lot of people behave where they're yeah. just like well don't play with fire when that doesn't really fit in this scenario yeah i mean yeah it's but it, it's there's no holding you know al monroe accountable for his actions it's like mm-hmm. it, it's like i just I can't I just can't believe that that's how people think you it's know the mindset of like Donald Trump saying that thing about like grabbing a woman and it's the mindset of like I've heard people like they do these little videos of like men on the street interviewing like supporters and they're like boys will be boys it's that sort of mindset like yeah exactly. men can't help themselves boys will be boys and that's not true because I know a lot of men who are decent and yeah. they can help themselves 
but it's these other men who are like slipping through the cracks under this assumption that like oh, guys will be guys you know yeah and well and also i think that whole saying of boys will be boys is so harmful because it's again you're not holding someone accountable for their actions yeah you're saying oh well you're a boy so you well it, like you can't help how you act well first of all they're not animals so <laughs> they like they can think and comprehend and they can work through you know like complex issues and problems and they know the difference between what is morally right and what is morally wrong and taking advantage of a young drunk girl or any drunk woman or whatever and having sex with them when they are unable to consent is not like is not something where it's like oh they can't control themselves like no they're very much aware of what they're doing the entire time it's just that they don't care yeah here you mm -hmm. know like if they get their rocks off great it doesn't matter what happens to the girl because at the end of the day you're never going to see her again so who cares like it's just like and it's that that harmful mindset of boys will be boys is just it's so like it's it's just awful and it's it's something that we as a society need to grow out of and get rid of that in our vocabulary because you know what boys should be and men should be held accountable for their actions and same with women i am not yeah. like yeah, i am no. not trying to say like women are totally innocent i have i feel like i need to say that because well it's the same it's like it's socially acceptable for women to like ogle men at a construction site like it's socially acceptable for women to post photos of of men as sex objects on 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 social media. It's socially acceptable for a Pepsi commercial so a woman like like drooling on the street over a, a good-looking man and that is a double standard. Like yeah, you cannot time. allow one and not the other. like both should be restrained you know what i mean yeah absolutely so i agree with you it's not just men this movie happens to be about male actions but you're right you're totally yeah. right like yeah. it, like women are just as i guess to use your word complicit in this sort of like ogling thing you know yeah yeah i mean I, like i wouldn't say that i'm even out of the you know like I follow a bunch of you know hot attractive gay <laughs> they're all gay they're all gay men on uh Instagram because they take off their shirts all the time and I love it and but it's like I'm not like the thing is if 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 we had a guy co-hosting and he yeah. said I follow all these women on Instagram because they take off their shirts and I love it like wouldn't you be horrified about that yeah, and that that's the thing. It's is weird, it right? You feel guilty because it's like, it's like, if for me, it's like normal to like be like, well, I follow a bunch of attractive gay like men on on social media because they're shirtless all the time. But you're right. Like, if a guy said that, I'd be like, oh, gross, but dude. Like, I think it's know? like, I don't think it's a crime to find someone attractive and to think someone's attractive i just think it's a double standard how we talk about it you know I mean, like yeah no i totally like agree. me totally me objectifying a man the way a man objectifies a woman that should be held in the same they should be the same they should be yeah, equal yeah, like you're objectifying I somebody i totally agree with you i totally agree to get back to what you were saying about the dean i really loved that scene because that's a good illustration of she didn't do anything to the daughter. She just took the daughter to a diner, but she told the dean that she took 
She's like, yeah, I took your daughter to the dorm room where Nina was raped and she's yeah. hanging out with the guys that live there now. And the Dean gets increasingly like flips out. Yeah. She flips out and she's like, she's a young girl and she's saying all these things. And at the end, Cassie's like, I guess it's different when you actually care about the person, which is just, yeah. it's so well done. And it is, it's really well done. Yeah. And then she says, I didn't actually do that to your daughter. Your daughter's sitting at this diner. You can call and confirm. I, I guess I, you know, I guess I just know men and don't trust them as much as you do or something. But the whole time right. the Dean prior to that was like, we get, we get accusations like this, like twice a week. We can't just focus on all of them. And it's like, well, maybe you should focus on them because yeah, like if that's happening twice a week, that's uh, like statistically a huge number. Yeah. Big yeah. time. Like, <laughs> so, and, uh, and if it's happening enough where it's happening so often, then maybe you need to take safety measures so it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know? And like, like, or implement like some education about consents and things exactly. like that. And yeah, um, like you, you need to do something. You need to take a step. You need to take a bunch of steps and you need to fix it because this should not be happening as much as it is. And I think um, encouraging people to come forward would go a long way as well because something yeah. about Ryan that I wanted to talk about is that I almost to some small degree sympathize with him because if you're watching a rape happen, if one of your friends is raping someone, I almost think part of you could shut down and you would tell yourself it's not a rape because you almost don't want to believe what you're seeing. I actually was thinking that same thing that mm -hmm. I think that, um, I think that it could be something that you like, like also he, I mean, he was probably drunk too. So there's that as well where he could like, you know, the mind is very powerful and it's, um, it's like, uh, so I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, but I've been listening to this podcast called Something Was Wrong, and it's about a woman that is engaged to a guy who is increasingly showing abusive behaviors, but, and I've experienced this too, where you just kind of start questioning yourself and you're like, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overthinking this or maybe I'm overreacting or maybe I'm too sensitive because what is happening is this other person is gaslighting you to believe that you're, you're not experiencing what you are experiencing. And while this is a little bit of a different story, I think that the mind is so powerful in to convince yourself of things that maybe did happen, but you convince yourself that it didn't, that he could have been like, well, you know, I mean, I only saw like a couple minutes of it. Maybe she was into it, you know, yeah, or, or something exactly. like that. And, um, yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think that there is, I, I don't think that him not speaking up about it, it was the right thing to do, or him laughing about it was the right thing to do, but I could definitely see where he might over time, especially if it's been like, I don't know, you kind of assume like maybe 10 years or something. I think seven years is what they seven said. Years. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's been, it's been the better part of a decade either way mm -hmm. um, that he might go like, well, I had a lot of stuff going on emotionally, so maybe I was just overthinking it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't I think like I guess my sympathy ends the morning after the party. Like I sympathize with him in the video. But after that when she comes forward with these allegations and there's a trial and he doesn't step forward, then I'd say like, yeah. Okay, maybe he should have stepped forward at that point. But when it's happening, like the reason maybe he didn't stop it was because you just don't want to think like 
I wouldn't want to think like, here's my close friend raping a girl. Like you don't want to do, you don't want to think about that. You don't want right. to believe that it's, it's happening. But, um, I do also think they use the phrase like we were kids a lot. And I liked that she brought that up. Like if I hear someone say we were kids one more time, like that's the yeah. excuse we were kids. Cause like in call in medical school, you're not kids anymore. No, like no, if this no. happened when you were like eight years old, you were kid. If this happened when you were in your twenties, you're not a kid. Yeah. They're all like 23. They were all like around 23 ish. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, you're right. Your, your brain at that point is almost fully formed and you no longer have an excuse to being like, I don't understand the world around me. Like, no, yeah. you know, at that point that what you did was wrong. Like, yeah. You like you can come, you can cup compartmentalize something for a while, but after a little bit, the truth will start eking in and you, I think have to make a conscious decision to just not think about it in order not to feel guilty. So that's why I have some sympathy for him, but not a lot of sympathy because I think like, yeah, you probably didn't believe what he was seeing, but after the right. fact, he definitely knew what he was seeing and anybody could, should have came forward with that video, but they didn't want to like you also, I think it's also like when you're embroiled into a group, it's really hard to go against the grain and call out somebody yeah. in a group. And that doesn't yeah. make any of their actions right. I can just see. It's kind of what, like when Mike said the movie was had multiple layers, that's kind of what they explore in the movie is just the layers that happen in human interaction and human friendships and relationships and things happen, you know, like the layers. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, well, I think it's like, well, and also too, so I think also part of, I, I'm just going to say like, I think part of the issue I had with Chris Lowell playing this character was that they said that he basically bullied Nina into dropping the charges. That's what they mentioned. Yeah. And I, I just can't see him as that type. You know what I mean? Like aggressive bullying type. He just seems like he's very simpy, wimpy, <laughs> you know, like, like a very like, like oh what do you need me to do <laughs> you know what I mean like you know so uh, I did I do agree with you and I think that his friend uh Schmidt from New oh, Girl yeah. Schmidt um rock this Schmidt um what was his name it was I want to say it was Joe hold on I'm gonna look it up real quick it was Joe yeah I could totally see how Joe Joe could back Al to bully someone you know oh, like big time big time yeah yeah because joe was like i think joe well because they they said that joe filmed it so joe was filming this entire thing mm -hmm. i mean i i definitely think joe was a huge creep like oh for sure oh my me. gosh yeah oh yeah no he was so gross like and i've seen a i mean i've seen quite a few of max greenfield stuff and um he like he I mean, he plays a lot of different types of characters. He actually plays Boo Boo in uh in Bob's Burgers. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, which I love Boo Boo. <laughs> like, anyway, I love Bob's Burgers. Anyway, um, he like I, I I could see him even like being a date rapist himself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah like yeah, he definitely objectified. Like when he saw um, when Al at the wedding, when Al was getting married, he said he was talking to Joe was talking to Ryan and he was like, oh, that bridesmaid over there, bridesmaid over there. 
she's so beautiful. She's the kind of woman that makes you go home to your wife and go, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. know. And he's like, oh, she trained with Cirque du Soleil, so she can put like her like I don't know. She was saying a bunch of stuff that was yeah. Like, oh, okay. I wanted to. <laughs> Before we talk, there's other things I want to talk about before we get to the ending. So I'm okay. going to go back in time because something that Mike, the other thing that Mike pointed out, I really want to bring up. So what did you think of the scene after she talked with the Dean and she was sitting at the intersection and she like destroyed the guy's car? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, like it, it didn't seem like she was really in the way of anything. You know, it was kind of like a road that wasn't super busy and I think he was just pulling up and like harassing her just because he could. Um, but the fact that she like didn't say anything so calmly got out of her car and then started like just like wailing on his truck. I was like, yes, queen. <laughs> like, cause he was calling her like a cunt, excuse my language, but he was. And like all this, like all this really like shitty you know, derogatory stuff and just being in general, like he could have just minded his own business and drove around her and it would have not even affected his day. But the fact that she did all that and then she started smashing his windshield and she did it without saying anything was like fucking brilliant. I even wrote actually in my notes, I wrote, um, she is the heroine for a modern age. <laughs> yeah mike brought up something about that scene that i i felt i feel needs to be mentioned because it's not something i put together but i totally see it and i think mm -hmm. it's really well done and so she's so calm and collected and cool when she's in the dean's office she has complete control over that situation even though the things that the dean said would incite like crazy emotions she yeah just was so cool and in control and mike suggested that she because when i saw that scene i thought she was just like overwhelmed with the emotions of the meeting and so she was just like like she drove away and then she was like i need to decompress and she was just decompressing but mike said it seemed to him and i agree with him 100 percent that she could have been waiting at that intersection for like three hours just waiting for someone to yell at her like maybe a bunch of cars went past her with nothing but this guy stopped and so it's like when you're this is mike's example when you're in a meeting for like two hours and you just have to like after the meeting you just have to like shake it off and like just just like get wild for a second because you've been cooped up you know right so she's just waiting for somebody to to yell at her and then she lets off steam by like destroying his like car cathartic. with a crowbar yeah. <laughs> yeah and i totally see that i see it i didn't yeah. see it in the moment but i see it like just waiting for someone just someone to give her the chance to blow off this intense amount of steam that she's had yeah. from like keeping it in and yeah i could see that i could see that. Yeah. I like that i could see that too because you're right there's no basis of time as to how long we know that she's sitting there for yeah um and uh, i don't know it was perfect and i love that the guy just drove off he's like you're a crazy bitch yeah. like, and i was just like yes she is <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah um, something I really liked about the movie is like the colors were very intense. It's very yeah. like can it was like a candy looking movie, you know, just like it was candy yeah. and pinks, and I really liked that because it, it offset like it was juxtaposed by just like the heaviness of the movie, right? You know, well, and, and like the that way that was... their house was designed too was mm -hmm. like very 
Like it didn't look very comfortable to my, to my no. opinion, yeah. which I'm all about comfort. I love like big comfy, like couches and everything. Um, I've, I have like my 900 pillows that I'm surrounded by. Um, <laughs> I, but it, it was very like kind of, kind of like this almost old I don't, I don't really know. It was like a show house. Like what a, era? Yeah. I don't really yeah. know. Yeah. But it was very like heavy drapes and like even the room that she was hers, I felt like wasn't her design. Like, I agree. It yeah. It didn't seem like that was really like who she was. Yeah. It, really, yeah. it felt like totally out of character for her. And I was, and I think it was just because her mom who I like, I, knew right away that was Jennifer Coolidge but I was like at the same time I was like is that though because I've never seen her play such like a a straight character like, me yeah, neither like such a serious character and she didn't sound like herself she was which, so normal yeah which, by the way I can do a pretty decent Jennifer Coolidge impression if you want to hear it we'll do it now I can't not hear it <laughs> okay makes me want a hot dog real bad <laughs> <laughs> good right yeah it is good yeah um so yeah I I it was very yeah she was very like straight laced and like very um kind of not not conservative but like you understand what I mean yeah no yeah she was just like a mom character just a normal right. mom yeah right and she was clearly worried about her kid and she cared about her but I think um I really liked her dad because her dad was like just take your time whatever you need we're yeah you you know and where her mom was a little bit more um like what's wrong with you why aren't you pulling yeah. your life together you know and um so it, it very much seemed to me that you know I mean it could have been the type of thing where she had where Cassie had left home and so the mom redid her room and then she came back and she yeah. was like, I'm just going to leave it the same way. That's a great point. Yeah. I bet yeah. that's, yeah. And at that point, Cassie had lost herself anyway. So right. I don't even think she like would have had it in her to redecorate. Like she just, cause she was so, she was lost in Nina's pain and yeah. in being like getting revenge and everything so yeah and like losing like her sister best friend you know like yeah I mean I can't again I cannot even imagine that kind of overwhelming amount of grief and anger and hurt that would be right to, you know yeah I mean it makes total sense that that Cassie will never be the same person that she was before because mm -hmm. she has she has gone through a trauma that has um effectively changed the chemistry that's in her brain you know i'm sure she's dealt with depression she's well i think yeah you know, like the movie seems to be like she's kind of depressed until she yeah. meets ryan and like gives herself over to enjoying things because when she's with ryan and they finally like are in a relationship she doesn't need to get revenge you know she's like starting to get she even tells him it'll never have you'll never see me go home with a guy at the bar which like I said, I don't think that's strong enough. Like he probably like, how would he know? Yeah, I, I he didn't know. Really, what I thought that was, but um, if I had seen that, I would have been like, mm, no, I don't really want you back. Yeah, like I would be kind of grossed out. I'd be like, you ditched me to go fuck some other guy. Ew, a stranger, <laughs> and you're wearing clothes that you don't normally wear. And yeah, and yeah. so I think. I know why it happened in the movie and I know why she couldn't tell him, but I did also think that it was a little bit far-fetched. Um, but I anyway. So too. I think um, that was maybe a 
scene that didn't even need to be included because it was like it, there was really no reason for it to be there yeah you know? yeah i agree because it, it had no bearing um on the rest of the film the rest of their like their relationship ended up being really great for a little while at least and you know until she and, found out yeah and and so you're right like it, it almost didn't need that but i it did like it was an interesting catalyst because she took home she was going home with the guy that had been with adam brody in the beginning mm-hmm. oh jerry that was what adam brody's character's name was and the guy and then obviously he found out that she wasn't drunk because she had that confrontation with ryan and he was like hey you're that psycho that jerry took home and she's like yeah maybe you should think about that next time you try to take a girl a drunk girl home because there's other women in the city who do this and one of them has scissors and i thought that that was I kind loved, of an amazing I loved threat that. because I assume that there aren't other women that do that, but now yeah. you know he doesn't know that. So there's like a whole like underground like just a group of women that run around like yeah, being like, oh, you wanted to fuck me while I was drunk and you know out of it. Well, guess what? I got a pair of scissors that has your name on it. <laughs> and um, I um, I do want to talk about just briefly the scene with Christopher Mintz Plasse because you get to see her in action and you Mm -hmm. see what she does. And I I like when she like, I thought it was (laughs) like, it made me, it was really gross when he was like trying to get her to snort cocaine and she wouldn't. So he like stuck his finger in her mouth with cocaine on it. And I know I thought that was like, (laughs) like, and then when she passed out and he like sort of bumped her and nothing happened. So he like walloped her to wake her up. And then he was like, Hey, Hey, you fell asleep. And I like, and then she gave him that little speech and she's like, you actually woke me up. You'd be surprised. Some people don't when you're, when they think you're passed out and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I thought that that was interesting because it showed that she, like, at least to him, she didn't do anything. She just reflected his own really bad behavior back at him. Yeah. And I thought that that was in, an interesting thing. And like and also too. like when the guy says you're that crazy woman that jerry took home you know that something super terrible probably didn't happen to jerry she probably did the same thing to him because obviously if something horrible had happened then like word would get around if somebody was in bars like luring men home and then seriously injuring them you know yeah yeah so i thought that that was a good view of like how she could get away with it so often right yeah and mike pointed this out and i agree that it was a little alarming that she said every weekend she did it and every weekend somebody tried to take like tried to take advantage of her because that seems like a lot but yeah i i thought that that was maybe an exaggeration that she was just saying it just to kind of prove a point rather than it being like actually true you know um because that did seem like a little extreme like i was like "Mm, i don't know if i totally believe that but i don't not at the same time you know yeah i mean she had all the hash marks to prove that it's been a lot of people but over probably seven years or a few years maybe not the full seven yeah but yeah but if you're ready i would like to talk about the ending let's talk about the ending so first thing i want to say about this is that did you notice that the song that was playing when she was walking up was toxic? By yes, I did. And it was a really cool, like creepy rendition. And I think that that is also in the trailer as well. So yeah, I like that. I was like, it took me like a second. I was like, this sounds familiar. Wait a second. Wait, <gasps> it's toxic. Yeah, <laughs> like it was good. It was toxic. good. Use. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, like a creepy violin version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it was I liked it. So she is going up with this this like candy striped wig on, which I thought was cute, um, to be a stripper at the party, right? At the yeah, at Al Monroe's bachelor, bachelor party. Yeah, bachelor party. She blackmailed Ryan and said, "If you don't tell me where the bachelor party is, I'm going to send everybody this video," which I thought was good leverage. Like, which I, you know. I was kind of confused by that because I thought it said on the face. On the not the Facebook page, but let's just call it the friender, friender, yeah, (laughs) the off-brand Facebook. Yeah, um, that it said the address. I thought it said the address on there. I don't guess it didn't. It's I know that it showed a house, like a cabin, and it said his final night as a free man. But I don't actually know. You could be right. I just don't know. But I don't know. I swear I thought I it said the address, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I thought it did a really good job. Just a quick aside, I thought that friender. Did a, they did a super good job showing the ridiculous comments that people put like, oh, so humbled to be marrying my best friend and she's a bikini model. And then Madison's comment is like, I'm so happy. My two favorite people in the world are getting married. And it's like, if anyone is driven to extremes, it's people who post on social media. And I am, I post on social media, so I'm not le- lumping my, I'm not leaving myself out. Like everybody <laughs> has made this grave, grievous error, but I like right. they perfectly encapsulated. So like 30 years from now, it will not be far fetched when you watch the movie. That's exactly what social media became, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 I know. Um, so, so what did, did you, what did you think of that? The whole, the end scene, like, well, let's get into it. Let's get into it more. Okay. Well, I loved that she was going to go the inglorious bastards route and write mm-hmm. Nina, carve Nina's name into his skin because I, I did start getting scared. I thought, is her coup de gras going to be, I was still worried about castration at that point because she started That's taking funny, out That's funny because that never scalpels. even came in my mind, like at any point in time. Really? No, it really worried me. I ever like because she was gonna cut off some guy's dick. (laughs) I was worried about it because I was worried that I was gonna have to talk now talk about a movie where they did that, and I just it like turns my stomach. Like I don't ever want to think about it, no matter how bad a person is. I never want to think about that happening, and and I and and um, so I was still really nervous because she took out the scalpels but i love i think it's awesome that she was gonna carve nina's name into him just like the swastika and i wish she would have gotten to because i would have liked her to say i think this might be my best one yet (laughs) no um i would have been like tarantino fan (laughs) i loved the montage of her dumping liquor i like how mean she was when she like slammed him down on the chair and she's like dumping liquor into the the guy's mouths and like you see her like biting her glove and like i love the montage of that but i also there's an snl sketch recently about a bachelor party where they order a stripper and it breaks out into a song where he's like now it's time to get a boner with all my friends and i that's kind of like a pretty good picture of what a weird the weird thing about (laughs) bachelor parties and when she led Al upstairs and all of his friends were like, yeah, she's going to be crawling out of here in the morning. I was like, your friends are all scumbags who want you to cheat because even though you're not married yet, you're still in a committed relationship. Your friends should not be excited about you potentially having sex or even like, even if they don't 
fully have sex, I would still be angry if I found out that my partner had groped another woman. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We're committed to each other. If you want to do that, we don't have to be in a relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'd be like, we're not getting married now. Like, (laughs) and I think it's really weird that all of his friends were like super excited about that because I I thought like, nope, nobody is horrified by the fact that he's cheating on his at this point fiance almost wife yep yep yeah no that was weird and i i really hate the whole like trope of like oh like it can't walk in the morning i'm like what do you like cut off her legs like, what, is, what is that what is that like who is like oh yeah walk in the morning after we have like really like rigorous rough sex or something like i'm just like do, do you know what happens? Do you, you know, know what the, that works? <laughs> yeah, the walking like mechanism. The walking mechanism isn't connected to that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I always thought that that was weird. But so, <clears throat> yeah, I like the montage too. I like that she was like chewing gum and she kept like pulling it Yeah. Out like there was a lot of like, like this sounds kind of weird, but there's a lot of like oral based like imagery. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, it, it was uh, it was very, like that montage was actually kind of fun just for what it was, you know, and then for like what is going to happen, which is a more serious thing. Yeah, it was um, fun because you are on the like you're on the side where you know that they're being duped. And that's yeah, really yeah. fun to know yeah. that she has the upper hand. Yeah, and yeah. then she reveals later that she had drugged the vodka with like something that will make them pass out so mm-hmm. that was that was good because I was thinking the entire time I was like anyone could rush in here at any moment you know what yeah. I mean and, especially if he's yelling yeah 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 oh yeah definitely um and but then you know it, it was the whole like oh I've learned how easy it is to drug people and I was like okay that was smart that was smart I like it yeah um yeah, I also so I, I also like how she was gonna carve his name into his stomach or yeah, Nina's name into his stomach. Cause that like I mean, how can you come back from that? Like your wife goes, like, what is this? Another yeah. woman's name carved in your stomach? Like, how do you come back from that? You know? <laughs> yeah, like and you can't like just wear a bathing suit without a shirt anymore. Yeah, I mean, you can get surgery to um get rid of the scarring but I don't know how effective that is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a brand. It's, she's basically going to brand him. And, and it went along. So like, I thought the speech she gave him was very poignant where she was like, Nina was always herself. She was always so confident. She was always Nina. But then after you attacked her, she stopped being Nina because when Mm -hmm. people saw Nina, they saw you. It was like your name was all over her. And and she said, so I thought it was only right that I returned the favor. And I thought that that was maybe one of like one of the top like soliloquies prior to an action that fits the, you know, fits yeah. what she said. It doesn't fit the crime. He definitely should have been like punished more for the crime. But I mean, oh, yeah. that fits her <laughs> speech. Gone to prison. Yeah. The action yeah. that fits her speech, I thought was it was like hand in hand. It was very good. And yeah. I think um, I I liked the fact that he, in that moment, wasn't a bad guy. Like, he was actually, like, 
I love my fiance. I don't actually want to do anything with you up here. But she told him downstairs, she's like, I don't get paid unless you go upstairs with me. We don't have to do anything. So she sort of like tricked, she obviously tricked him. Right. But I liked that he really like did not intend to do anything. So even though he's like, you know, his past, I thought it was interesting that in the moment he like wasn't, didn't want to cheat on his fiance. So that was an interesting character, like a dynamic that I didn't expect. It was yeah it's i agree with you i agree um it's uh so anyway so she she ties him up with these ineffective apparently she should have sprung for real handcuffs i was was like those are made for like fun in the bedroom like you're not this is like like the real ones are made to like prevent people from getting out of them and like you know like keeping them trapped in Mm -hmm. um i mean i don't know where you would find real handcuffs and I can get why she'd get the furry ones but I also don't think it would make like I don't think it would ring any like it would raise any red flags if she had like legit ones because a real like, yeah yeah because like, they'd just be like oh they're just fun little they're just fun know. handcuffs yeah, yeah exactly yeah but anyway I think also maybe for the movie he needed to get a hand free yeah yeah well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so did you see like did you expect her to end up getting killed at the end no i did not and in fact i started thinking maybe she's faking it i did too oh my god the entire time i was like and and i was thinking like if she like at one point like just relaxed her body and like gave up he probably would have gotten right off of her and she would have been fine but there was like a scene or like not a scene but there was a shot where it looked like maybe her face was like to the side yeah she was able to get some air but that's, then yeah. yeah like so that's what i was thinking and and maybe that was done on purpose so that they're you know misleading the audience um but i like i did not expect her to be murdered at the end like at all that was like i'm and i'm not sure how i felt about that i i agree i like, what did you think? I didn't, obviously didn't like that she died at the end because I wanted her, I think, number, like, the first thing is the her murder scene was, to me, horrifying. Like, she oh, yeah. screamed. She had a blood-curdling scream. So he, one of his hands gets free and he puts a pillow over her face and then he like works up so he can like kneel on top of the pillow and he's like yelling at her the whole time just stop moving and mike pointed out that he didn't think that al wanted to kill her but just like i don't think he did in the moment like the the emotions of the moment because she was confronting him with a past crime and she was fighting him back um yeah i think he wanted to subdue her but i I don't think he wanted to murder her either and it was really intense because i agree because that's one of the reasons i thought she might still be alive is because her head was turned when they showed her that one time but i guess it's possible that he could have broken her neck kneeling Uh, on it and pressing down like that but the scream it's another reason why i think her performance is phenomenal because the scream she does when he's it it like cut me deep like that scream at that moment and then i just want to give mike credit but he said that this was a a realistic strangling scene because as we when he was on one of the shows you and him talked about how like killing someone that way is not like they do in the movies where it lasts like a second it lasts for a while 
Yeah, it takes like five to seven minutes to strangle someone to death. And yep. he said that, that that this was like a rare realistic and it was hard to watch. Like I kept wanting her to like pop up after he sat down and be like, surprise, I'm still alive, you know, but she didn't. And the longer the scene went on, you know, yeah. and, and it was, well, and wait, let me say one more thing. Um, and I, in my, my psychology books, uh, for school, it's, they say that strangulation is usually, um, done by someone who's feeling a tense amount of emotion because of how long it does take to strangle someone. To oh, strangling isn't usually done when it's, um, a, like, it's usually done by a person who knows the other person because they're feeling like an intense amount of emotion. So like, it, it's like they can hold on that long because their emotion is basically making them like, hold on to like, Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's not. I mean, there are serial killers that would strangle um, people, but it's it's more strangulation is more used in the case of like a crime of passion type thing. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what I equated it to. Like his intent was not to kill her, but I also right. like well, like is a bad word, but I think it's well done. The character trait of here's a man who's capable of raping a woman and walking away with it and still being successful afterwards in his life. It makes sense that he might, he would be capable of killing someone. Oh yeah. In yeah, a crime totally of passion. Agree. Yeah. And totally um, so, agree. yeah, I thought I was, I mean, you're, I don't think you're supposed to be happy that she died, but I was shocked. I did not expect it. I, and I know that she sort of gets, she's victorious in the end in a way, but she's not because her life was ruined when Nina got attacked and Nina died. And now her life is literally, over, so she has no chance for any sort of happiness or redemption ever again. And that's yeah. really, really a sad ending for her. And I think um, that's what stayed with me for so long was that it was like, I felt it like deep in my soul. Like, sure, she, she got she got inevitably what she wanted, but she lost her life doing it. You yeah. Know? And yeah. It's like, and all like the people who would affect like her, you know, her boss, Gail was clearly close to her mm -hmm. and her family loved her. I mean, I can't even like just the, it's not just the fact that this girl died. It's the resulting ripples of, you know, consequences that will happen to the other people in her lives and how it will affect them. And it's, and it's just like, it's just so sad, you know, and it's yeah. done by this guy who is obviously a bad person. And if he had been like, if the lawyers had done what they were supposed to do and gotten this guy in trouble and the dean did what she was supposed to do, she wouldn't have died. Yeah, I think Nina would have maybe not even killed herself. Yeah, you know, if like, people, if she, if Nina had gotten justice, I think they both... I mean, Nina would have had a long road to healing, but she could have oh, healed. Yeah. And I think Cassie would have healed as well. You know, like yeah, yeah. the road would have been long, but it would have eventually resulted in some semblance of healing, you know, because justice was served and, and right. you can know that there are people on your side and there are people who have your back. But I think what broke them was that people didn't have their back, like, well, and Al, Al, like, had bullied Nina until she dropped the charges. Yeah. Much. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. So I totally agree with you that I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility for Al to also be a murderer, you know? Yeah. I, I could see how it happened because he, 
violently attacked a girl and then he went on to become like a very successful doctor and and i also think the juxtaposition of joe finding him in the morning and like immediately going into it's not your fault man it's not your fault it's not your fault we can take care of this like giving him the support that nina should have had but a, a very um a very misguided and toxic support (laughs) yeah yeah. and then al's just like thank you thank you like agreeing that it's not his fault when it most definitely was 100 percent his fault oh yeah that she died and i and then um mike also said that you can see very clearly that there is a system in place that protects people like al and you could see how he got away with it the first time because he has people who are like they have his back and that's yeah like that's one of the things that's so heartbreaking about the movie is that the people whose back you should have nobody has them and the people who need to be punished everybody has their back and it's like this totally misplaced well and i assume that he was like really rich too oh for because, sure i mean yeah, yeah because like the lawyer lived in a really yeah. nice house so he was obviously paid really well mm-hmm. um so I kind of assumed that money had a big part of it, you know, that they were able to get the best lawyers and they had a team and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's, you're right. It, it has this whole like movie is a real reflection on just how unfair the justice system is. And it's, there's like, I, in my podcast, I was listening to one, someone said that the justice system um it punishes its criminals just as much as it protects them yeah and i feel mm-hmm. like that's like completely accurate you know i i didn't i just did not expect her to die i kept thinking that she was going to be like like you know rip off the pillow and gasp back to life and yeah and i didn't want her to die and, no me and, neither and then they burned her body which by the way, I did not find super realistic, not the fact that they burned her body, but there's no way that her um, her bones would have been ash because that fire wasn't no. powerful or, or strong enough. I thought the same thing. Like, the fire yeah. did not get hot enough. Also, that's a very – that produces a smell that is not the same as, like, a campfire smell. So I think that there would be, in my mind – enough people could smell that to think something weird is happening yeah like if not maybe not they might not know that a a body was being burned but i think they would like like they're not in they're not in siberia where there's nobody around they're in the woods they were in a pretty isolated area though Uh, yeah i guess it it could be isolated enough but at this i just i don't know i i agree with you though like what you mean i get what you mean she would not have been ashes like she was no no definitely not definitely Mm -hmm. not i i thought that that was i to me i mean it's it's fine if they do it that way but like i think you need to leave a skeleton behind you know what i mean just to be like okay so you know or or not like or just dispose of her body in a shallow grave or anything like that you know what i mean like something i know exactly where like it's more logical and like because obviously like and people are gonna argue like it's a movie so it's whatever but if you're gonna have a film that's pretty realistic from the beginning you can't just suddenly have a science that doesn't make that doesn't work you know what yeah. i mean like, <laughs> like 
yeah, you can't, it's not that easy to just like cremate a body with logs in a campfire setting. No, and you need like, there's, I mean, the, it has to be thousands upon thousands of degrees. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. It's like yeah. it's scientifically I, not possible. I think the whole reason they did that was so that just the necklace would survive, like the Nina so necklace, but they could have done that. Like they could have done that anyway like they could have chopped up the body and the necklace could have like fallen or something you know what i mean you could have still had the reveal well, I, of like a necklace yeah and i thought way. it was weird that the necklace survived unscathed which well that's body, another thing yeah because it would yeah. have been charred like not charred it would have been like it would have been covered with like uh or like half like, melted or something you know well yeah that's that's a good well actually this is kind of gross but um i used to work in insurance claims and mm. we had i had a claim once where a body was cremated with jewelry on it and the jewelry was very damaged like and it needed to be replaced but i saw pictures of it and it wasn't melted it was just like very like charred and stained with like smoke stains and stuff and it was like misshapen. well i guess i guess maybe it wasn't melted melted but it was like it wasn't salvageable so the necklace would still be i think you could tell that it was a necklace but it wouldn't look pristine like it did yeah i well yeah. and also it just you're right it looked pristine it looked like they were just cleaned it and i it, it it's just that little added aspect of realism i think would have like i would have liked that personally yeah. you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah so I, I, I just, okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I, this whole movie made me feel so just like melancholy, you know, yeah. and, and down and, and I, I think icky and disturbed. And I did like that the cops came to the wedding and found him yes. and arrested him at the wedding and joe was like running away yes. and then ryan was getting the tech like a like an like a message that she set up which i didn't even know that technology existed to send a future text message i had an old phone that could schedule text messages really the best thing. i loved it and i don't have none of my new phones have that none of huh. the phones that i've had have that yeah it well, was she, like, so I had yeah. it like i had it like literally like five years ago this phone so really it's not no it's not new technology at all yeah and it was really cool yeah i liked it how she was like you didn't think this was the end of the story did you and then right. and then she sent you see that she sent mail to the lawyer in like yeah. in the event of my disappearance i went to al monroe's bachelor party and you know so it's he's so gonna sad get, though that he's she gonna, knew that there was a possibility that she might die. That's something I wanted to ask. Do you think that she planned on dying or do you think she just prepared because she knew that she might? Because the I only think, reason she died was because the handcuff gave way. Right. And I think if she knew that was going to happen, she would have gotten stronger handcuffs. Like, I don't think it was a suicide mission. No, I don't think it was either. I think it was more like um, she wanted to make sure that everyone got justice and she didn't know what was going to happen and so it was more like just in case 
I'm going to do this because I don't want, like, if I end up dead, then I end up dead and then nothing's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't, I don't, I doubt that she went in there thinking, assuming she was going to die. You yeah. Know? I don't think so either. Especially I, like I a bachelor party. Yeah. You know, like. I would think that she might go in thinking she might get assaulted, but not die, you know? I think it's sad to think about, but it's true. I think it's definitely possible that she may, she could have accomplished her task that evening, but the next day or the day after that, who knows what they would do to her. Like they could find her, you know? Right. So that is something I didn't think about in the moment, but like there would be retribution if she had gotten away with it. Well, of course, maybe not because maybe he wouldn't want to admit that she came to him because he raped a girl. So I don't know. But yeah, I think you're right. She was just preparing for an outcome that where she could be dead. Yeah. I think she just kind of was like probably at the point where she just didn't trust these people she didn't know what they were capable of and i can understand that completely yeah and so she just went in going i might as well just cover all my bases because um this could be it you know yeah 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 it's it's a very heavy heavy movie yeah (laughs) yeah would you recommend it um i think i would i think it's i i did enjoy i i I would say overall, I did like it. I don't think I would watch it again. It was a little intense for me. Um, it was it was a very heavy movie. And afterward, I just felt like very weird. And I, I didn't like how I felt. It made me just feel like icky and kind of depressed and like, ugh, you know. Um, but I think that it is a, I think it's a very good film. I think Carrie Mulligan is awesome. I think the casting is really well done. Um, I still don't feel like I that Crystal should have played Al Monroe um, but I think that it's a it's kind of like a story that needs to be told even if it makes people uncomfortable you know what I mean yeah I think that's yeah I think that's accurate yeah. and you know sometimes there are stories that make people uncomfortable but it's important to tell them because it's important to be aware that this is a real thing that is really happening, you know? Yeah. And I think having her die at the end was kind of like illustrating the unrelenting nature of the fact that this is an issue that happens more yeah. than people like to admit. And yeah. it's not an issue that happens because a woman wore a short skirt or got drunk. It's it's a fundamental issue that people take advantage of other people yeah yeah and it it should be dealt with like there should something that i was gonna say that i don't know if i did but like encouragement of the dean the school should have had schools things should have in place encouragement for people to step forward and and tell that these things are happening you know so yeah well it's like you don't don't teach your girls to um like try not to get raped or whatever you teach men not to rape that you know what i mean like you you, do you understand what i'm saying well yeah i i don't know if like i don't know if a man needs to be taught not to rape sorry that was my alarm (laughs) oh but i just think like (laughs) teaching 
men what consent is and teaching people what consent is and people not to take advantage of other people is a better way of saying it maybe because i don't think i don't believe that most men are inclined toward rape yeah i would like to believe that that is not true I, I don't I, I I do believe that it's not true that most men are not inclined to rape, but I think that there is enough um cheerleading in society of like boys will be boys that the minority of men, the small group of men who are inclined to do that, feel justified in doing it. If right. that makes sense. Well, it, and also I think it's a, something that has been ingrained in society for so long that if you're like that, I mean, you see it in films all the time where it's like, um, like Rocky is a perfect example of that, where he's being kind of aggressive towards Adrian and they end up falling in love with each other when in reality, I think that would really creep her out. You know, did you, did you see Rocky? Have you seen it yet? Oh, you've seen it. Okay. <laughs> I thought you hadn't seen it. We've talked I... about... Oh my gosh, Lauren. <laughs> we even okay. talked about that scene on the Creed episode. <laughs> I just thought you hadn't seen it for some reason. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> no, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that there's there's just some cultural things that and it's always like the man gets the girl in the end and it's you know it's like it's it's not giving women i think that there's there's a long-standing um thing of not giving women autonomy because it's like oh the hero gets the woman at the end well what if the woman doesn't want to be with him you know what i mean it's like it's just it's like a I, I'm just trying to say, like, I think that there is a aspect of society that, again, like what you said, boys will be boys, but also there is a very, like, it's toxic masculinity is, is basically what I'm trying to say, is that it's not like, like, it, you can still be masculine, but not be toxic, you know, like you can, you can still be a manly man and not be like Nick Offerman is a perfect example of someone who is masculine, but not toxic. You know what I mean? Terry Crews is a good example, too. Yeah, I guess I do know what you mean about that. I I don't know, like talking about like the guy getting the girl at the end. I've never I don't that's like a whole different conversation. I cuz I don't think there's anything wrong with like a love story, but I do No, think- I don't either, but there's different there's a difference between a love story and like um I'm trying to think of an example that's like I think that there's a difference between a love story and like, oh, oh, it's man and woman. They must end up together. Like that's oh, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit different. But yeah, I don't know. I guess we're opening up a whole new conversation, which maybe yeah, we so shouldn't. We should just, but we should just. <laughs> I do know. What, I do agree with you about like the toxic part. Like I think I think that there is a lot of forgiveness given to men that isn't always given to women. Um, yeah in these situations and Mm -hmm. that's something that we just need to to do better at you know like i absolutely agree i think it's really easy to look at someone and say like well they have a lifestyle of this so they shouldn't be surprised when this happens and it's like well dial it back a little bit because let's 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 like they're the victim here let's yeah let's use a new perspective when we're looking at these situations yeah um yeah and i would recommend i would recommend this movie all day long i think it's 
powerful performances. And like I said, I don't think it's a perfect movie and it's definitely going to stay with you, but I think it's, it's really well done. It's a really, really well done movie. And once again, Carrie Mulligan is yeah, it was directed by a woman, which makes me ha- so happy. It was it's what? Directed by, it's directed by a woman. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. and Margot Robbie produced it. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, she was one of the producers. There was like six of them, but still, it was. I mean, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, Margot, my love. <laughs> I love, you know, I love Margot Robbie. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I think I think it's a good film. I think it's definitely a good film. It will definitely stay with you. I think you're going to have to be in a certain um, mindset to watch it. I wouldn't watch it if, you, you know, like, if you want something happy, no. <laughs> like, no, yeah. You need to be in, like, a certain, like, okay. Yeah. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. If you want to send us an email, you can email us at watchersofmovies at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram and we're watching some movies, we also have another Instagram called the find the what? No, it's called, <laughs> it's called the watchers who find things. The finders who watch things. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the watchers who find things. Don't get confused. And, uh, and I just post like stuff for movies occasionally. I'm not super active in it, but every now and then I find something golden, like a golden little nugget that I think is funny. Um, and if you would like to, um, we're also on Facebook at Watchers of Movies. And if you want to check out our website, that's Watchers of Movies at, at uh, Weebly. Do- or no, 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 no. Okay. All right. You know what? <laughs> Watchers of Movies dot Weebly dot com. Words are hard. <laughs> and thank you so much to Mike for our theme music and all the insightful little notes he had about this movie. I think that he helped a lot with that. So, yeah, he know. had he had He's so many spirit. good he He's had spirit. so many good insights. I had to I had to give him credit for them because he yeah. said some things that I was like, oh yes, oh my gosh, yes, yeah. so smart. So his name is Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show forty two. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And if you would like us to cover a movie, please head to iTunes, give us five stars, and write a review. Just. It can just be the movie title. You don't have to write anything. You can do whatever you want with that as long as the movie title is in a review somewhere. We will shoot that to the top and it will take priority. If you don't have access to iTunes or that's not something you want to do, feel free to send us any movie that you would like us to cover and we will add it to the list. It won't take priority, but it will be added to the list and we will cover it eventually. So there are multiple ways to get a hold of us, but five stars will get your movie prioritized at the top at the front of the line yep yeah sure will sure will so thanks everyone for, oh you're are you frozen oh no you're not frozen okay <laughs> thanks everyone for listening bye-bye if i just if i just sit still you think i'm i thought you were frozen <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>